Welcome to the Filmsteins, the double feature podcast. Join us as we unravel the interwoven experience of the continuous conversation of cinema. Take part in pairing movies with their cursed counterparts, movies that share DNA, or even pairing questionable duos by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash We offer tiers at the $1, $5, and $20 level, where the $5 tier grants the ability to request films to further the discussion. So grab some popcorn, sit back, and get ready to join the 100-year conversation. This is the Filmsteins, where movies are more than just entertainment, they're an experience. And welcome back to another episode of the Film of Steins. Thank you guys for joining us today. I am joined today by my perfect friend, Lucy. Hello, everyone. You can join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for brand new episodes of the Film of Steins. Some recent episodes include American Fiction, Monster, Bottoms, Earth Mama, and The Iron Claw, the biggest letdown of 2023. That's not the biggest letdown of 2023. Remember to leave nice comments, thoughts, and ideas over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Come subscribe for a dollar, five dollars, write an Apple review. Hmm? An Apple review? Yes. Whoa. Are you stressed and filled with anxiety like I am? Maybe in a bit of pain from that car accident you had a few years ago? Well, the sponsor of today's episode, Hempville CBD, has us covered. They have the highest quality products created by chemists and doctors. Hempville carries everything from CBD to THC dispensary grade without those despicable dispensary prices. Order your Delta 8, 9, edibles, and vapes along with the THCA flower and get free shipping when you spend $50 or more at HempvilleCBD.com. Check out the link in the description for more details. But today we are discussing Vim Wenders 2023 film, Perfect Days. About a, a man cleaning toilets. I just wanted to start off by saying that I liked this film very much. I liked how simple it was. I like how vague everything was. And how we resisted on giving too much texture at any moment to our main character, Hirayama. I like this insistence on the world moving around you. No matter how much of a routine and control you might have on one's life, right? I like this weight of, like, trying to figure this guy out. I like how inviting this man is, right? And how receptive he is to the world around him, you know? Yeah. It's really awesome. I I like really great dialogue, right? And movies and conversations mm-hmm. and monologues, of course. Which you could have seen maybe fit here, a monologue or two. But a lesser director would have maybe gone down that route. But Vim kind of seems to have this appreciation for one's privacy. At least at some times and other times we get a little glimpse into some of the things that makes our main character want to get up in the morning and just, you know, look forward to his weekend. You know, the norm the, the, the simple little things why of why we love life, right? His obsession with taking photographs of like I want to say trees, but not really trees, but like the kind of relationship the branches and leaves have with its negative space right you can you can't tell what's up and down left and right because he shoots through the foliage while at the same time there's moments in this movie right that feel like there's a lot of weight in his mind a lot of history obviously he's an old guy right he's lived a life so there's just this like perfectly vague amalgamation of of a of a person 
that makes this movie really special, I think. What do you think about this movie, man? Yeah, first of all, I can't believe I sat through something this simple and mundane for two hours. Just saying that simple movies are not... I don't want to say they're not my style because something like Napoleon was very simple and something like Rice Boy Sleeps was very simple. Sure. And I absolutely... I absolutely love them, so they are my style, but sometimes they're a little hard to get through, and this was not. So I was very surprised I could sit through this and still enjoy, because even compared to those movies, this was by far more simple in his daily activities, you know, his his life. I'm not sure how I feel about this movie. I think I'm going to need some time to process it, and I don't know how much time I'm going to need to process it, because... There's a lot going on here and there's a lot being said that's going to require some kind of self-reflection out of you to understand it and fully capture it. You know, it's not, yes, this man is enjoying the simplicity of life. He's very content. He's very grateful. But on one level, me personally, I can't relate to that at all. Not saying I'm not grateful or content, but not to this level whatsoever. Oh my God, that's... That's insane that someone can be like that. And you might think this is funny, but this man reminded me of my dad. I don't know. And maybe that's why I liked it a lot. But my dad is a person who has his routines like this man does. Like ever since my dad got married and had kids at 17, he's gone every Sunday to go and buy us, you know, the Sunday breakfast that he buys every single Sunday this man doesn't miss a beat and he's what in his 50s now and it's just that that routine you know every morning before work he goes and buys coffee at a gas station every single morning and if one gas station doesn't have it you know like like Hiroyama here he goes and finds another one you know it's it's his routine and if it gets disrupted he's completely fine with it and goes and finds something else to still be part of his routine yeah there's something really beautiful in the receptive nature of letting things just happen like that yeah and he he doesn't get mad he might complain like oh man like why do i have to do this because i i think at one point some guy was telling him he couldn't buy coffee unless he paid for gas just to try to get him to pay money and my dad was like uh no i'm not doing that so he went to somewhere else Kind of like our our boy here, he did his co-worker's job that randomly quit and he wasn't happy about it. He still complained. He still got his two cents in, but he still went and did the job. You know, it's so awesome to see people being so accommodating, you know, not not taking it, not being pushovers, but just accommodating to life like that. It's, it's so nice. You know, I, I see many people complain every day about their job and how exhausting that is so it was it was very nice to see and i also like that this man cleans toilets because it's it's a job that it's it's not fancy it's not a fancy job whatsoever and you know again comparing it to my dad he doesn't have a fancy job either he's a construction worker i mean in a lot of places people look down on construction workers but my dad you know he he is so proud of his work and he's got like sketches and notebooks of the jobs he does and 
it, it, I don't know. It's just so easy to draw this parallel with Hirayama here because he's also someone that takes his job very seriously, no matter what low level job he has. And another thing was the music. I mean, my, I could see my dad listening to this kind of music too, and just being so particular about the CDs he still has in his truck. You know, a little, a little more modern than Hirayama's cassettes, but still, it's just, I don't know. It was, it was like I was watching a Japanese version of my dad. And <laughs> my dad's like the healthiest man I've ever seen on this planet. And I say that because there's just something about being good with yourself and content in life and just being so grateful to be alive that you don't worry, you don't stress, you just enjoy living. And that is something I completely cannot relate to whatsoever. I'm a very, like, very high anxiety person. So I don't know, maybe this is why I have such a hard time thinking about how I feel about a film like this. It's hard not to see Vim's appreciation for those who just want to do a good job. And it is fun that he has given this man the job of a public toilet cleaner, a job that, at least over here in the West, you hear people just definitely not wanting to do. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that he's Vim's given him this job. Almost to the degree of making a statement in that that some people, no matter their work, take it very seriously. And maybe an element of of a different time where people used to just work harder because we have this man who is more or less stuck or should I say thrives in you know the 1980s or whatever yeah I like that a lot too about just the work ethic that's so important to this man just you know no matter what he's gonna do he's gonna do it very well I mean, he takes out a mirror to see under the toilet to make sure he cleaned everything right. Who does that? And he's just so calm and patient with people just barging in and having to use the bathroom. I mean, these people don't even have the audacity to say, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I feel like me, maybe somebody like me and you would do that if we see a janitor cleaning the toilet. We'd say, oh, I'll come back or yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But these people are just barging in and he's quickly picking up his stuff and just walking out the bathroom. And he's okay with that. He's not angry. These people are interrupting his work. He's just, I don't know, this this man's on a different level. He's just existing. And right now, his way of existing is cleaning these toilets. So no matter what's going to interrupt him for this day, he's going to get his job done. And there's something to appreciate about that. Because there's not a lot of people today. And, you know, I'm I'm young. I've only had very few jobs, maybe four or five different jobs throughout my life, including high school, summers and stuff. But I have not met many people who not only love their job, but take their job seriously with care. And it doesn't even have to be on a love level. We don't know if this man loves his job or not. But this is the commitment he made, and this is what he's going to do. I do think you can find him loving this job, especially in those moments where he does get basically kicked out of the bathroom. Because he leans up against the wall, and there's this like expression of doing a good job. He gets some satisfaction out of this, for sure. And it's 
it's really neat to see basically an anonymous service he's providing, right? Of course, he's seen, but he is not spoken to. He's by his clients. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we've all had to go pee and take a shit like no one's business. So we rush in there and, you know, take care of it. Yeah. So you can almost hardly blame anyone for not acknowledging him. Right. And so there's this funny exchange, really, that happens a few times throughout. And he knows that they're going to notice how clean it is. Everyone notices how clean a bathroom is. Right? Do they? Yes. I only notice it when it's dirty. I guess that means I notice it when it's clean by hindsight. So, okay, that's true. And maybe it's like so many other things, especially in filmmaking, where not noticing is all the validation he needs, you know? Like, of course, he would never know this, but him noticing that you're not noticing there is zero problem here is validation to him, satisfaction to him. Yeah, that's like that's very true. And I like what you said about how he just like stands outside and enjoys maybe looking at the trees or whatever because there's one scene where one of the toilets he cleaned and he's standing outside waiting for somebody the trees are making a shadow because the wall is so tall he can't see the trees but there's a shadow of the trees moving and i was like this man is enjoying this so much that he's even enjoying the shadow of a tree and i mean that was great that was great See, and that's why I say less of the tree itself and more of how the tree just is in the world and how it interacts with itself and the negative space around it mm -hmm. and the wind, of course. And that obviously makes a shadow at certain times of the day. <laughs> yeah. Of course, too, I like that he photographs the trees. And it's funny how he does it. I mean, he uses an old camera, gets it developed and everything it's fun and always it shows his way of doing things but he takes the photos and a in a way like he doesn't want to like surprise the tree you know he tries to sneak a photo of the tree like it, when it's not looking capture it in it's like most vulnerable state kind of thing and yeah and there's something to be said there because he d he also does that when his niece is there and she's looking at a tree and she's just i think she's just touching the tree admiring the tree and he snaps a picture of that he doesn't tell her to pose you know nowadays a lot of pictures are very planned and propped so there's something very nice about that about just capturing it not only in its natural state but as it is as it's being as the natural experience happens it's just totally unmolested and unforced as a bigger picture here, I like to think about if we're even capable of doing this as a society, as a generation. And he has one quote that he likes to say to his niece about now is now and later is later, kind of teaching her to live in the moment. And, you know, later will come. But right now we're just going to, you know, focus on our bike ride and focus on being with each other or whatever. And reading a lot of reviews about this movie almost everyone has stated yeah i like this movie because it makes me think about that i need to do that too but i don't know is is that just something that people are saying just because you are now 
watching this movie and thinking, oh yeah, I should do that. I should live in the now. But I don't know. This might just be me, but this generation, especially with social media, is moving so fast all the time. Like you have to plan ahead. You have to schedule things that I don't think we are capable of living in the now. That's not a thing that can happen. And it's very rare. And it's so awesome that there's people out there that can live like that. It's not unlike these things we talk about with different mediums of storytelling, where there's just different lifestyles and mediums of art that come with certain baggages and different restraints. In some lifestyles, you know, sometimes it's out of your control. Sometimes you live in Los Angeles, the United States, right? Or sometimes you live in a farming town in Japan or wherever. I don't know. Just a very rural area. Place where you might not get Amazon delivered at, right? <laughs> and there's different ways of being that come out of those different kinds of societies. It's very relative, I guess is what I'm saying. Which I guess makes it especially kind of funny to see a man in Tokyo able to hold on to some of that that simplicity right right because i feel like someone our age having that kind of job which we kind of have a little representation of that here in the movie maybe if we're not as crazy as takashi but thinking me if i had this job i would definitely have headphones on or maybe have you know a video playing in the corner while i clean the toilets or just something it reminds me of how around 2013 12 maybe 14 we entered this phase of like practicing mindfulness and different types of meditation uh-huh. where it just became this trendy phasey thing i still i think it still is i think we're still in that trendy thing yeah but like so many things i feel like in the united states it became less of a train of thought and more of a personality and what i mean by that is i think people including ourselves tend to get lost in just the commerce of things including stuff your playstation your apple shit of course but also ideas like you know how if you're conservative it defines everything about you you know same thing with liberal not really but that's how a lot of us approach the world and there's less of a sense of being and and i hate to say it but just thinking it's it's more of just a, what boxes do you check? And I don't know what it's like in Japan today, especially with young folks. I'm not, I don't, I'm not Japanese. I don't what? live in Japan. <laughs> but I would imagine it's becoming lost there too because they're becoming so westernized too. I would imagine that because the stereotype of this tradition in Japan and even places maybe like China and stuff and some East Asian countries, the stereotype being that they're more of a reserved people. They hold on to tradition a little harder. They're less resistant to change, or as quickly, at least. So, I mean, that's, I just think some of the fundamental kind of differences between the East and the West, especially maybe the U.S. And so I sort of agree with you that there's this complete unlikelihood of experiencing something like this. So we're all fucked. Well, no, it's not the one and only way to live. <laughs> no, it's it's really not. But just think about how many of these mental disorders we could get rid of if we could feel like they're feeling. 
like the Hirayamas and my dad's of the world and just think how healthier. Or how about just start with feeling and not trying to suppress it and hide away. Oof. All right. Now we're a mental health podcast. But But my mental health is my part of my personality. My mental health makes me me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Don't change anything about it. That's just who I am. To pivot a little bit here, I absolutely love the almost childlike traits we give him and just how wholesome some of these moments can be. Like when he's playing tic-tac-toe with a random stranger. We don't know who it is. We don't care who it is. He found this tic-tac-toe and I love that he throws it away at first. And he thought about it. He was thinking about it. And he pulled it out and started playing tic-tac-toe and nobody won. And it was okay. And it was just the most wholesome thing I've ever seen. Or the scene where Takashi's girl gives him a kiss on the cheek. Because in that moment, she just appreciated this man so much. And something, I don't know, something that he introduced her to that is now something she likes. Now it's part of her world. I'm not exactly sure, but I love that he was just so surprised and touched at the same time by that kiss. It's that inviting nature. Yeah. Yeah, and you see that repetition of him directly and indirectly interacting with the world. Sometimes he's like, oh, no, and then he changes his mind, like with the tic-tac-toe or when, you know, he wants to go to his restaurant and he sees... The restaurant owner and her like ex-husband talk yeah. hugging or whatever and he's like oh shit i'm just gonna walk <laughs> away from this you know he just you know and it's a fun kind of miscommunication ultimately but it's kind of like them where there was that urge to like oh I gotta give someone some privacy here kind of thing right yeah and the universe kind of came crashing down on him in a funny like situation where her ex-husband thought that that was her new boyfriend or whatever and he's like oh no <laughs> got the wrong idea (laughs) and it's just funny how receptive he was to that and then he started playing with the guy yeah and that's that's another of those that's another example of that childlike trait where this guy just told him some big news some awful news some life-threatening news i guess and they're over here playing shadow tag to distract him to just make him enjoy the moment who does that people who understand how fundamentally important play is and it's so fucking good it's so good i wish that was part of people's lives to play around more because nowadays we have people that are just so ugh (laughs) they're just they they can't take a joke anymore they get so offended by everything so now the people who do want to play feel like they can't because well now i gotta worry about offending somebody and i love that he sees the best in people he sees the best in everyone he comes across especially takashi he gives him his money even though he knows he knows he's not gonna get the girl he knows he's not gonna see that money back but what the heck i have the money and also with his sister we know there's a little bit of history there we know there's something there that we're we haven't been filled in on, but that hug that he gives her before she walks away, 
is a hug of wait that was that was obviously one of the great moments of the movie because it really is that moment where the universe comes crashing down on our main character of vagueness and ambiguity where there's there's some history here and we know it's not actually the best but at the same time his response is you can imagine it just being purely from not seeing his sister in 10 years or whatever like all this it's just overwhelming to see that individual in the flesh and blood you know yeah and maybe you read into that to some degree of why he doesn't want to go see his dad right not really important but it does show you that you know no matter how collected an individual is how meditative they are there's weaknesses in your armor you know not that he's kind of building up a wall it's almost like he's so okay with himself that he's going to express himself no matter what that feeling is going to be people that are content in life enjoy all the moments even the little moments even the sad moments even the weightful moments and he's just expressing himself because right after he catches the restaurant owner and her ex-husband he goes out and buys some beer and some cigarettes you know you could say that oh that's out of character of him but no we don't know that really and he's just experiencing what he wants to do right now i mean i don't know if i'm saying it right but he's just living yeah the convenience store guy may have been like you want a pack of cigarettes with that and he i could very easily see this man being like sure (laughs) you offering i don't know you know i used to smoke when i was a kid or something you know yeah kind of thing all right and then he smokes and he's coughing so you know he's it's been a while. He's been, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then I like that that guy, you know, bums a cigarette and also coughs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a real funny moment. It's a great moment. It's, a, it's obviously one of the great moments as well. So this man is just living. This man is just, uh, he's just experiencing. Because this isn't a movie about just pureness or faking it till you make it. It's not... A motivational movie. Or even a movie exploring the kind of transcended nature of pure beingness, like a monk or something. Yeah. This is just a man in his day-to-day life. Who maybe just doesn't run as fast with the rest of the universe. You know, he's comfortable strolling through. And then all this stuff just happens to him and he's, he's fine. Like... I really wanted something to happen with him and that like depressed girl at the benches and wherever he was at. Oh, that awkward pictures. girl. Yeah. <laughs> what was happening there? I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, <laughs> what did you think about the homeless man and the awkward girl at the park? Nothing happened with them. He was just observing them. They were just two examples of other lives. I wish we could see a trilogy of films here with the depressed-looking girl on the bench, and the the tree man. I wish we could have a trilogy and where they they cross paths at the same exact... Because they're happening all at the same time. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be really awesome. Because we see the tree man out in the middle of the, the crosswalk in the city, in the really busy city, just doing his tree stuff. And we don't stop. I was like, he's about to take root <laughs> in the middle of the road. <laughs>
yeah, we don't stop to check on him. He just sees him. And someone honks at him. And he's like, oh, I gotta go. And that's it. That's all we saw. So that'd be awesome to see. I like the whole cassette situation he finds himself in with Takashi. And Takashi trying to sell his cassettes because they, you know, they fetch a pretty penny. It reminds me of the cigarette scene. Or how he got the cigarettes, most likely. Where he just... He kind of just got brought up and he was like, yeah, okay, sure. And then, of course, there's this resistance to selling the cassettes because they are... They're part of his routine, first yeah, of all. They're his thing, you know, books, cassettes, taking pictures of treetops. And his plants, his babies. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, I like that too. And I especially like the music choice, the soundtrack here. I love the songs we gave this movie. We start off the movie with the House of the Rising Sun, which is a great song, great way to start the movie. And we end the movie with that Feeling Good song, which is a classic. And in between, we have other great music choices. And I just like that we get a glimpse of this is his music taste. I feel like you can appreciate a person a lot by their song selections. And how he responds to others like Takashi and Takashi's wannabe girlfriend. She's not wannabe girlfriend. Or Dakashi his... wants yeah. her to be his girlfriend. <laughs> you know, putting the, the cassettes in the into the slot and his niece. Yeah, he has to correct them. It's like, hold up. Before you mess it it's up. It's like it's like the fastest amount of you know, kind of oomph we get out of him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Other than him responding to Takashi quitting. And, and calling you know his boss to make sure they find someone for tomorrow. Yeah, I thought it was funny that the girl who showed up to replace Takashi was like in tip-top shape. She's ready to work. She was there before him. I was like, all right. I like that. I yeah. like that too. And I think he liked that. Yeah. He was like, all right. This is not Takashi for yeah. sure. <laughs> Another one of those wholesome scenes that I really like was when he went to the bathhouse with his niece and they were leaving and we get a shot of the old man smiling and kind of confused on what's going on here but just so i don't know so appreciative that he has family so i i, I don't know how to describe that feeling that i saw in their faces but it was just so heartwarming and wholesome to watch that that was good that was a nice little touch i also like that he made his bed as soon as he woke up like, into his rising action of rising out of bed, he is folding his blanket. Who fucking does that? <laughs> I have never seen that in my life. I am I am just tangling myself in my blankets as I get out of bed after snoozing my alarm like 30 times to run to my computer so I can log in for the day because, you know, I work from home. But this man is just waking up which i guess also speaking of him waking up i love that his dreams are a reflection of his daily life it's like a subconscious dumping i like that too a lot i didn't know if i was gonna like those after the first one i saw but really thinking about the movie he's not hung up on stuff he's not letting things control his life internally yeah that's a good point because I like what you said earlier about we're in this kind of era of practicing mindfulness and breathe your 10 breaths every day. 
your 10 deep breaths every day. You should be breathing a lot every day. And there's also a popular one of write your 10 daily reflections or the 10 things you're grateful for today. When in reality, this is what they mean. Well, I think, in, rea- well, I think in reality, they've lost sight of what they really mean. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. We don't even know what we mean anymore by practicing mindfulness and reflecting. That's a great point. I like that. You can't just pick 10 things, five things that you're grateful for today. I pick the same five things every day. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing it wrong. I know. There's this modern uh, obsession to itemize and mechanize and to systemize everything about our lives to log right it feels we're so many i don't know derivatives kind of removed from the original function that we've lost sight of why it all matters yeah like it's not even practical anymore and almost like you're not doing the real work that you think you're doing you're not thinking about what you're putting on your list like i said i put the same five things And I just put it to write it down because if you write it down, it's true. You have some false sense of satisfaction that I got that shit done. I got my my five gratitudes in. I'm good. I'm going to be healthier, mentally healthier. And there's something about that faking it till you make it mentality that definitely helps you in a lot of ways. But you're right, it's it's veered so far from the original idea that, is this what we got? Is this what I have to work with now? I'd like to believe that it used to be this aphorism of instilling some kind of stability, right? But now it's the foundation of where we start. When I went to graduate school, during orientation, one of the first like pit stops was this little seminar on imposter syndrome. And I think about that all the time because it just feels it feels wrong because these people like theoretically going to graduate school for whatever are part of the high functioning future of pushing technology and innovating you know and I can't help but to sympathize with well it's hard you know you don't feel like you're good enough and you need to kind of negotiate that in your head but mechanizing it to the point where it's our first <laughs> stop on this assembly line felt so hollow. That's a good word. And it's no doubt part of the equation of why I dropped out. It just it was hard to see through some of that for me. But again, I guess we're so brainwashed with our tiny millennial brains that I can't help but to kind of sympathize with it at the same time. Yeah. It's it's kind of unsettling, truthfully. Yeah, and this is why this is the type of movie that I feel like it would drain me to keep thinking about it. I don't have the energy or the time to think about this. But then that's part of the problem. So, great, great film. And it's funny because calling it a challenging film, which it no doubt is, sort of feels like I'm undermining it at the same time. I know. Because I'm just one of many who are part of this this thing of modernity. Yes. It's a meta mess. It's a post-structuralist mess, no doubt. But I, um, 
and it's hard to talk about with deliberacy, but I definitely love this movie. And I don't know how I would recommend it to someone exactly. It's definitely not a movie to put on family night, <laughs> you know, date night kind of thing. I wouldn't. Not unless you're trying to test her. Exactly. I will say it makes me want to watch Ben Vendor's filmography for sure. I know it was supposedly like technically new territory for them, they said, but I'd be curious to know what that means exactly. Yeah. Because his visual language is probably that thing that helped drag you through this movie because it's, it's so important. If that visual language can speak to you, the movie can, it'll take you pretty far. That's, there's a lot of mileage in that. Unlike Earth Mama, you know, Earth Mama's got a similar kind of minimalistic thing happening, but the visual language is, you know, radically different, obviously, and it didn't click with you for the most part. Yeah. And then characters are, you know, the next hurdle for sure, but, and, our main character here is much more inviting than Gia was an Earth Mom. So. At the end of the film, when our main character and the ex-husband of the girl have that interaction, he lets him he lets him know that he's got cancer and it's and the cancer's terminal. He asks him if shadows get darker when they overlap. And I'm racking my brain on what exactly was the point of him asking him that if that was just the McMuffin to get them to play shadow tag or to get them to be silly and well let's interact it let's see what happens get over here look get your shadow on my shadow or if there was a darker meaning behind there that I can't quite interpret in my brain like do darker days just get darker because he's in this state of mind there's something to that I think the intention the whole movie is to find something for yourself like most great movies of course but vim is very sure to never reveal too much and to add on to what you just said a little bit i see it from more of the perspective perspective and how at any point singular point like on a sidewalk or whatever in space is influenced by everything around it as far as light right so, like, literally, as far as, like, what they did in the movie, he got, they got in a line from the most obvious source of light and casted so-called two shadows, right? It was actually one shadow because it's coming from that one source of light. So, it wasn't actually making it darker. So, it was, like, it's making some cogs move, right? They're just, like, I don't know. Yes, I think it might be getting darker, but it's not. And it is the singular moment in the movie that has something to say. Like, I think you're picking apart. There's never a singular just way of how things are and will be. They are influenced by the many sources of light around you. They are sometimes hard to understand why or how. But they will, no matter what, still influence that point in space, right? It doesn't matter if you get in its way. It doesn't matter if you get in one lane all these things are still going to happen around you. And if you change lanes, all of a sudden things are going to still happen. They just may look a little different, right? Sometimes there's a, a wreck. Sometimes you got to dodge a crazy person in the road. That shadow example was just a, just an example in my head of the incontrollable influence just the universe has on a point in space, which happens 
to be our main character in this movie, but it could also be that point on the sidewalk with the shadow. Because if, of course, if one of the, if, you know, he stands in front of the main source of light and then they manage to find the second strongest source of light, oh, all of a sudden where their shadows overlap, it's darker, right? Yes. But they had a very shower thought moment there. <laughs> a couple of kids, right? It's fun. And it's just a great example of the beauty and the mystery of how it all works. And of course, some people try to get some kind of control on it. And some people like our main character here just live and let be. And he's very nice and inviting and very receptive. So he does interact with it more than you might first expect, you know, because you might expect him to be a little bit of a hermit or something with his simplicity and solitude, right? But he's very receptive of the world. And so that invites more things to happen to him. Good and bad, of course. We see we see mostly good here, really. But he probably avoids a lot of bad. But yeah, does that make sense? No, that's very well said. It's very well said. I gotta think about that more, though, for what it meant to me. I have to reflect on my sources of light. The introduction to this movie was great. And I love a good introduction. You know, that's how you get me. But the end of this movie was absolutely stunning. It was great. I loved it. I loved it. I loved everything from his expression while he's driving and just feeling what he's feeling. I mean, I teared up watching this. You know, we have this feeling good song playing in the background. The the sun is hitting his eyes and he's, you know, he's still driving. So it's like shadow and light, shadow and light. And I feel like there's a lot of ways to interpret his expression, what he was feeling. But to me, it was just seeing a man so appreciative of being alive at that moment and experiencing his emotions. Your proper mindfulness. And it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen at the end of a movie. I didn't know how to feel. I just know I was supposed to feel good with him. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me of the end of Pearl with the that long take. It's powerful stuff. Yeah, Pearl didn't give me that. Well, I hope not. That it, was not it, the right movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're feeling something. I, I don't know what I don't want to know what it is. I feel like I don't know. Did I want to turn it off or did I want to go on a killing spree? I don't know. Yeah, that ending is extremely powerful. While it was playing out, I was already reflecting on why this scene was happening. And I don't think it was totally unlike him being rushed with this force of something when he talked to his sister. Just this uncontrollable, undefinable wave of emotion. You know, good and bad. A mix, totally. And so I was just running through the scenes in my head while that you know close-up was playing with that song because i could see some sadness i could see some happiness right i could see some good smiles some smiles some ready for the day kind of expressions i really like this scene because i feel like i have had a similar moment to what he was just experiencing i'm in my car i'm driving to work it's like five in the morning and I'm listening to my jams, you know, my my whatevers I'm listening to at the time. And all of a sudden, I get this rush of, fe- like, feeling good. Like, just 
I don't know. I don't know how to describe that feeling. It was just pure goodness that it made me cry. And I just kind of shrugged myself off and say, okay, I'm having an emotional day today. And those moments have happened very little in my life. But I don't know. I just, I, I was there with them. It was just such a rush of feel good for the day. And then I get to work, it completely gets destroyed. But for that moment, that's that's how I felt it. And it was so powerful and it's so good. And it's just, I don't know. It's just a moment you feel when you're alone that you never give another second thought about. And seeing someone else in a film experience that was was on another level. Well, man, thank you for that talk. Thank you for watching this movie with me. No, thank you for making me watch this movie. Do you have a budget guess for me here today? Yeah, my budget guess is $10 million. I'm giving it past lives uh, budget, which I think was 12 Yeah, that's good intuition. It says here that it's about $14 million. Oh, I almost gave it 15 but I thought that'd be too high. And it went on to make about $24.3 million. That's good. Is that good? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Apparently, it's Vim Wonder's biggest box office hit. So that's awesome. Congratulations. But now for the moment you've all been waiting for over on Letterboxd with 109,000 people. Nice chunk of folks. The consensus is a 4.2. Wow. Good. Well deserved. Of course. And it it's funny that it just screams that thing you were talking about where people get it. People want to be like that. People want to be humbled and appreciate the world we live in a little bit more. And so, of course, they give it a (laughs) 4.2. It's sort of the kind of movie where it's just we don't deserve it. We don't deserve this movie. You know, it doesn't deserve a 4.2. It doesn't deserve any score. And in a way, it's, I don't know, maybe a little embarrassing to try to quantify a thought in that way. Yeah. Yes. But because I am a millennial and I have a soft brain, I don't really know how to score it. Same. Same here. I've, I'm i struggling. And I'm struggling with my thoughts on this film. And I feel like this is one of those movies that you've talked about before that will just randomly pop into your brain. And now you got to think about it. Especially, especially because I see my dad in this movie so much. And my dad is an enigma. My dad's the... I. I am a very anxious person due to my mother. I love her, but I am. But my dad is the reason why I can still find happiness in life. This man is proud of anything we do in life. Anything. He's just happy every one of his kids, everyone around him is living. That's it. That's all he wants. And there's there's something there. There's something there for me on a very personal note for this movie as well. So I too cannot whatsoever begin to give it a score. I'm curious what happens when it wins at the Oscars for international film. Is that all it's nominated for? I think so. It's the only, I guess, speech that I'll be looking forward to. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Film Steins. Remember, we post every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over on patreon.com slash Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, 
all the goods. Thank you guys for all your support. Go subscribe. Leave nice comments, thoughts, and ideas over on our Apple reviews. Go request a movie. Good movies only. Yep. (laughs) But until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap for today's episode of The Filmasteins. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on our cinematic journey. We hope you enjoyed the discussion and gained some new insights and perspectives on the world of movies. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, especially Patreon at patreon.com slash and follow us on social media for more film-related content. We love hearing from our listeners, so if you have any feedback, suggestions, movie recommendations, or book recommendations, please feel free to reach out to us. Until next time, keep watching, keep loving the magic of movies. This is The Filmasteins, signing off. Grrrr. <sighs>